I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone, it's me, Alex, and welcome to episode 22 of Travel Talks, where this week I'm joined by YouTuber Andy Castell, who goes by the name of AJ3 and has over 1.5 million subscribers. I recorded this episode way back in January before Saunders came on board with Travel Talks, so it's just me doing the interview today. I spoke with Andy about all the places he's been through YouTube, such as Amsterdam, Cologne, and even Los Angeles, his love of skiing and adventure, such as rock climbing, and how a particular trip to Uganda has changed his outlook on life. I was looking into the stats of the show the other day and saw that 50% of our listeners don't actually subscribe to the show. So if that's you and you haven't clicked subscribe yet, please do because it helps us climb up the charts and reach new listeners. Anyway, I'll stop rambling on now and let you listen to the episode. Wake up at like half eight, smash a full English and then just go skiing all day. It's sick. And like you're just like out in the outdoors and on the mountains. And it's honestly, I would move to France. It's one of them things where like you're looking about where should we eat in New York and everyone's like, go to the secret burger place. Mm. And like, everyone from New York probably knows it's there. But like <laughs> as a tourist, I like being like, you walk into this hotel and you're like, am I in the right place? Like when we walked down and asked this fella, the concierge to recommend us a restaurant. He's like, what type of dining do you want? And we were like, fine dining. And he's like, is two Michelin stars okay? And I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that should be okay. It makes you appreciate that whilst you mightn't have everything that you want and you mightn't be super rich or be able to drive around the Ferraris or go on private jets or live in a super big house and all stuff like that, it doesn't actually really matter. Andy Castell, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, mate. Pleasure to see and chat to you uh, once again because it's been a while. How have you been doing? I'm good, mate. It's been a very long time. I feel like it's a long time since I spoke to anyone, though. <laughs> yeah, it's been too long. Currently rocking my... Christmas deckies, but it's January, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. This episode is going to go out in probably March, so those Christmas wow. decorations okay. are going to look, very, very outdated. They're going to look very dated. <laughs> so I want to start off um, by asking you the question which I ask everyone on the podcast, and that is, how important is travel to you? The simple answer is very, I guess, which I'm sure mm. everybody who comes on this podcast mm. says. But it's just, it's like a refresh button, isn't it? So I mm. guess it's, it's not like the most important thing in my life and it's not like where some people like it's all they ever think about and all they ever want to do mm. it's just like a nice way to split up the year i guess and like hit the reset button and then so i'd put it more as like some people are like oh my gap yard oh my god <laughs> and all this yeah, yeah. Uh, but like as much as i do like to do that sort of stuff it's not like my sole focus in life mm. it's like a supplementary kind of thing where i have other stuff that i do and then to get away from that and like reset you can go on holiday or you can go and do this or you can go travel or you can go somewhere else and then you come back and you've got like a new energy to do whatever it is that you want to do because you've had such a massive break away from it. 
Yeah, completely agree. Well put, mate. So I want to take us all the way back to your childhood and talk about travel from a childhood perspective. Was it a big okay. part of your childhood? And if so, whereabouts did you go? I guess, kind of. It was always like, we went the most, we, to be fair, my parents did quite all right. I'm not from the most like, gap your privileged, all that sort of, <laughs> oh, well, I summered in this place and all that rubbish. Yeah. But my mum and dad's did pretty decent for themselves and always made sure that we had a family holiday mm. every summer. Um, so then whether it was just going to a little family resort in Greece or then a couple of times we went on like a posh one, as we called it. And yeah, I went yeah. to like Florida for a couple of weeks and stuff like that. So then it was good. It was just like, it was a nice time to get away and spend with your family and stuff like that, I guess. And mm. it was always something to look forward to. You slug through school and then you get to go on holiday <laughs> at the end of the year. But when you're, you're this is called like travel, but I've never mm. like been traveling in inverted commas. So yeah, I, I wanted to make sure I didn't just get people on who were like completely well-traveled and traveled the whole world and done traveling for the love of traveling. But obviously travel's played a massive role in your life, both in a work YouTube perspective, but also in your personal life. That's the thing. I, I think everyone's got a relationship with travel. So I think kind of unlocking It's just a bit different, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Like if you do, yeah, I'm sure you know George Benson. Yeah. Like you yeah, follow yeah. him on Instagram. It's just like, a completely different yeah. world, I guess. And it is a different world because he's in a different place in the world. Mm. But like, he lives a completely different life. And I, his whole life is based around going to these different places and being in all these crazy places. Mm. And then what I would call normal is his like every once every couple of months or something like that. Mm. Whereas my normal is all of the time. And then I have the travel once every couple of months. It's like completely switched around. But yeah, as interesting to think about how people think about it differently i guess yeah mm. just to get back to your childhood if i asked you for like a particularly fond memory from traveling would you be able to pinpoint one for me it's hard to it's i can't remember yesterday to be honest with you. <laughs> the one that i can probably most remember or most enjoy and one that i want to go back to the most actually is probably when we went to disney world mm. in florida it's like proper Disney. So I've been yeah, to yeah, yeah. California Disney and it is terrible. Oh, really? And I've been to, yeah, it's so bad. We went on a trip with, so we get, I get to go on some like cool trips and stuff like that. So it's not, not that I've never been anywhere. It's just, I've never been like, oh, I'm going to go for two months and I'm going to backpack through mm. Thailand or something like mm. that. So I've been to loads of different places, just never like, I always throw back, I always use Inbetweeners references. Like everyone, <laughs> have you seen the Inbetweeners movie yeah, when but... they go, and there's that guy with the dreads and he's like, oh, this is just an amazing life experience. And I've never done <laughs> yeah, that, but yeah. I've been to loads of different. So anyway, we went to California um, for E3 and EA Play and stuff like that last year. And EA took us out there and then we had a day off in inverted commas. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we've booked this trip to Disney for you. And we're like, oh yeah, sick. This is going to be so good. And we got there. It's, I don't know if we're allowed to swear, but it deserves yeah, a swear word. It was properly shite. Like... <laughs> What was so bad about it? It's just like, imagine somebody at a, do you know when like, you go to a, like a local carnival or something like that? Mm -hmm. And it's like proper shit, but it's meant to be, and you go expecting it. And it's like a quid for a hot dog. Yeah. And the rides are terrible. And everyone's just having a laugh. It's as if them people tried to make a <laughs> Disney world, but they took it really seriously. It's like when you go to one of those terrible carnivals, there's just like some fella just standing there and he might, he's just standing there swigging a bottle of Coke or something like that. And he's like, yeah, I quit to get it, mate. And you just give him a quid and he just puts it in like his bum bag or whatever. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Go in. It's like that. But imagine that guy he took it really, really seriously. And he thought he was like running the best carnival in the world. And it was like properly up himself and stuff. It, it was basically like, it's like Disney World in Florida is sick. And that's like one yeah. of my favorite places that I went to when I was a kid. Disneyland Paris is all right. If you've been there, that one's not too bad. The California one is so bad. <laughs> the rides are terrible. The food's awful. It's tiny. 
it's just so bad. It's so bad. I'm going to ask anyway. you later on uh, about a place you would never go back to. So you're not allowed to yes. use that answer again. Okay, I've got one. <laughs> different one. Okay. But now, uh, Florida, Florida is really good. And especially when you're a kid, it's like mm. magical in it. Like you mm. can go there now as an adult and appreciate it. And I quite like to go back with me and my girlfriend and just like, it's just nice in it. Like even when you're yeah. not a kid, it's just cool to go there. But when you're a kid, it's like, you see the Tinkerbell coming out of the castle and you're like, yeah. oh my God, she's actually flying. She's obviously on a wire, but you're like eight yeah. and you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. I like go around to get all the autographs, all the characters and stuff like that. I think that was, that was probably the best one. I was like properly, properly shy when I was a kid, mm. which is probably a bit weird considering what job yeah. I have now, like speaking to like hundreds of thousands of people or whatever, but like I was scared to like go and get a picture with the characters. So I'd yeah. be like, my, si- <laughs> my sister would be there and be like, yeah, like grabbing an older minion on looking up her dress and all. Look like this, which is like for, and I'm like, hello, <laughs> like yeah. getting my pictures. Like, like, so you got like all these pictures of me just like <laughs> looking at Mickey Mouse and getting us. I got like the full autograph and stuff like that. But that we had a lot of like just going to, went to like Zanti or went to Cyprus and just like had mm. a beach holiday, like mm. surround by the pool and my mum and dad can relax and wherever. But if there was one like properly stuck out for me, it would be going to Florida. And then Sweet, you can't, you can never really remember too much, can you? And I yeah. always wonder how much of it is my actual memory and how much is it is my mom telling me yeah, what completely. I did and then me just creating the memories of it in my head. Yeah, but- to- totally get what you mean. Totally get what you mean. From moving away from your childhood, you've managed to grow a YouTube empire of over 1.5 million subscribers. You've got a presence on every social platform with hundreds of thousands of followers. So that's obviously given you the fortunate position where you can travel the world through your work. So I wanted yeah. to move it into work now and ask you, where is the best place that your work has taken you? Oh, okay. So we get to go on some quite, quite cool, some quite rushed, I guess. You don't always get to see the places. Mm. Disorganized is the wrong word. Very, very crammed is probably the best word, mm. best way to organize where you think like, oh, I'm going to Cologne, this is going to be sick. I'm going to do this, going to do this. And they're like, no, you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this. And you've got 20 minutes if you want to go and do something. Yeah. But you get to go to loads of places, but you, you don't always get to experience them. Mm. So I went to... One of the first ones I got to go to with EA was Berlin hmm. for the capture event for FIFA 19, I think it was. Okay. So this would have been in August 2018. Yeah. Simpler times when you could like go out and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we, used to, we went to Berlin and you think like, oh, sick, we're going to Berlin. We can go and see all of like the architecture and the historical stuff hmm. and like go to a few museums and go and have all the German food and stuff like that. And you're like, right, here's your hotel. We'll pick you up at eight o'clock and we'll drop you back off at seven. And you're yep. filming all day. You've got all this stuff to do. And, blah, blah, blah. and like, it was crazy. And it, even trying to just get out of the hotel mm. and go and grab something to eat was like so, so, so rushed to the point where the next time, the next year, the capture event was in Amsterdam. Mm. And that's one of as you've I've seen your little prerequisite thing, your oh, little yeah. talking oh, yeah. points and stuff. Where's your favorite place to go where you can always go back to? Yeah. That's the way that me and my girlfriend had been before. Mm. So we decided to the capture event is like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we decided to get there on the Monday before. Okay. So then me and Katie were there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or something like this anyway. Mm. And then she flew back the afternoon that all of the EA guys okay, yeah. arrived. And then I switched hotels from the one that I was in with Katie to the one that everyone from EA was staying in. Mm. And I actually got to go to Amsterdam, in yeah. inverted commas. Like the, yeah. It could be anywhere, but it is just in these cool cities, but you don't always get to experience them. And I do always try, I try to get everyone to do something after 
Yeah. The, like, so if you finish at six, like go and do something that is German or is Dutch or like yeah. just get involved in the culture a little bit. Mm. But sometimes it's a pain in the ass trying to convince YouTubers not to go to McDonald's. <sighs> so then, <laughs> so one of my biggest things with traveling is food. Yeah, absolutely. Like, foods of the world. And like when you go to a place, you've got to eat what the locals eat, mm. even if it's a bit crazy. Yeah. You've, got, you've got to at least try it once. You can't just go and have chicken and chips or just go to Nando's or just go to Mackey's or something when you go into all these places. So, like, we'll be in Germany. I'm right, right. We've got to go to, like, a beer house, a steakhouse. We've got yep. to go and find, like, some, like, on TripAdvisor, what's the best yeah, yeah. possible restaurant you can find within, like, a 10, 15-minute walk from us. Like, mm-hmm. we're, in the, we're in the center, but it's going to be something good. Yep. And everyone's like, should you go Mackey's? Oh, and man. I'm like, please, <laughs> come on. And then there's, there's always a couple of people... <laughs> Do it a little bit more like me, and I'm like, come on, we're gonna go here. And then eventually, you can kind of, yeah, get a bit of a fine. I won't go to the Mackey's, we'll go to this place. <laughs> we can get like 10 of us to go and get these. So, we found this one in Berlin, and it was absolutely unreal. The steaks that they had, oh, really? Yeah, oh, it was so so good. I can't remember what it's called to recommend to people, but I guess if you're in Berlin and yep. you go for a, go to a steakhouse, it's probably gonna be quite good anyway. Like, the beer's gonna be good, the yep. steak's gonna be good. It was just really, really nice. And then, similarly, in Amsterdam. When we went to that capture event, I was trying to find somewhere to go, and they were all like, Oh, there's a Mackey's around the corner. I was like, Please, we're not going to McDonald's. <laughs> like, we're in Amsterdam. Yep. So I found this sushi restaurant that had a Michelin star that was just around the Ooh. corner from our hotels. This is a bit lardy dar, but I'm yeah. like, it, didn't, it wasn't too expensive to be fair, and it was absolutely unreal. So I managed to convince just two other people <laughs> to go to this restaurant with me. So me, Chuboy, and yep. Reeve. Uh, went yeah. for sushi. Nice. I think Chu had never had it before. And Reeve was a bit about it. Good place to start though, in a Michelin star restaurant. Yeah, exactly. You can't really get too much better. So then sushi is one of my favorite cuisine, or Japanese, I guess, is one of my favorite cuisines to go for. So then I was like, come on, now you've got to try it. You'll love it, you'll love it, you'll love it. Mm. And they're thinking like, oh, raw fish, oh, yeah. like the... So you got the different, you got like maki onion, like Easter maki, and then the nigiri is one. It's got the rice with the uh, okay. raw fish on the top. But when you can get literally just the, just like raw salmon, I can't mm. remember what it's called for life. I mean, it's one of the dishes. And they were thinking that that's what it was. It's like, nah, come, if you want to be boring, you can get like just avocado maki or you can just get like yeah. chicken katsu ones and all diff- yeah. depending on where you go. So anyway, they absolutely loved it. And on the last day of filming, I remember it's kind of had the day off. We, everyone tried to go for a meal together. Mm. So we go and find this. I can't remember what people were doing. I was like, we can't go to Mackey's. We can't go somewhere crap like this. So anyway, someone finds like an Italian restaurant mm. that was like around the corner. We go in and ask for a table. So it's like every English speaking person who's gone to <laughs> Amsterdam with EA. We go in and say, can we get a table for 25 or something stupid like this? Like just a walk, just, a, just, walk, just casually walking into a restaurant. We're like, have you got a table for 25? And the lady looks at us and goes, we would have done, but they've just taken it. Oh, really? We look around the corner and it's every Spanish speaking person that went to the capture event was in this restaurant. So we couldn't get the seats. So I was like, I know a place. Yep. And I was like, I don't know if they'll fit us all in, but it was really, really good. And I was like, they were like, oh, what is it? What is it? I was like, sushi. And like 90% of people's faces went. Oh. <laughs> I was like, nah, honest, trust me, we'll go. So anyway, we went around and then meet you and Reeve, who'd eaten there a couple of nights before, mm. go in and speak to like the nice lady who like served us and been the waitress and stuff like that yeah and i was like can we have a table and she's like oh yeah welcome back it wasn't very busy when we were in there the first time so i was like maybe they'll have a seat for us and she recognized us because we're only hmm. one of only a few people in there and she's hmm. like how many for and i was like 25 <laughs> and she was like give me a minute she runs off anyway and she goes and speaks to the chef and she comes back and she's like we can do it but you all have to have a set menu so the chef can make everything oh wow and i go out and people are like 
Oh, and I was like, no, nah, we're doing yeah. it. Get in. So we all went in, sat down, and it was absolutely unreal. There's like 25 of us sat along this massive table that they had mm. set up for like parties and stuff like that. And she asked if anyone was like vegan or vegetarian, had any allergies mm. and stuff like that, and did a couple of little things for them. And otherwise, like, she just come out and just filled the table with everything you could possibly Amazing. think of. And we had like loads of bottles of sake, I think it's called, yep. the Japanese sake. wine going yep. around. It was absolutely unreal. Like, one of my favorite parts of traveling or going to different countries or going on holiday, whatever it is, the food. And that was the fact that I got to convince everyone, like all of these other people, yeah, you did just well. go to Subway or McDonald's and stuff like that. <laughs> and they all come out being like, oh, I really enjoy sushi. I was like, yes, please, next year, please listen to me. And we'll go like, if we're in Munich, we'll all go for steak instead of going for Mackey's or something like that. But yeah. it was really, really good. So to keep us on the theme of food now, is there a best country that you've been to where the food has been particularly good? All of them, kind of. I've got to give a shout out to my girlfriend who is absolutely amazing at planning stuff and knowing where to mm. go and like finding all the best places to go to and stuff like that. You were saying about being privileged to go to all these places with my job and I'm quite privileged now that I've done quite well for myself. So when we go somewhere, we can be like, where should we go? We can kind of just pick any restaurant and like, mm. if you want to treat yourself to a nice meal, kind of in a privileged position to be able to do that. So mm. when we went to Paris, we just like found the net where we just asked the concierge, what's the nicest restaurant, you know? And he's like, mm. it's quite expensive. And we're like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to go. And it was Special absolutely occasion. insane. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I'm in quite a privileged position where there's always a nice place mm. in each city or each place that you go to. You just kind of need to be able to find it. And then I guess sometimes be able to afford it, like spending stupid amounts of money going to some mad Parisian boutique is a bit mental. Yeah. Uh, not for everyone, but. <laughs> I'm a little bit privileged in being able to do that. And like this restaurant that we went to and I'd like this taster menu and it was like, it was proper posh to be fair. Like mm. it was well over the top and everyone was like dressed proper smart and you had to put like a shirt on and all stuff like that, mm. which I guess is just normal for some people. But we was like, <laughs> oh, I like going around to this restaurant and sitting down and like, you have your starter, but you have your pre-starter and mm. you have like an amuse bouche and everyone comes with like a wine course to go with them all. And I'm sitting yeah. there like, oh, this is <laughs> that was absolutely banging. So if I could only eat from one place in the world, mm. I'd probably pick New York. Yeah, so much to choose but, from. Yeah, and it's just like, it's not even stuff like that. Like that, Paris, that place that I went to in Paris was like, it's not a chain. It's like a group of restaurants, of restaurants, of hotels, I guess, <laughs> where it's like lots of small, it's called small luxury hotels. Okay. And it's lots of independent hotels mm. that I've sort of signed up to this group. So rather than going and staying in, I can't think of like, you, you have chains where it's like, like Malmaison Radisson or, or a Radisson. Yeah, and they've yeah. got hotels everywhere. Yeah. There's these little boutique ones and they sort of signed up to this group and they get like reviewed and they're like, yes, you are actually nice enough to be able to be a part of this group. And mm. they're all like independently run. So like when we went to Santorini, we stayed in one of these and it was like run by a family and it was like this super nice hotel. And then when we mm. go to Amsterdam, there's another one that we stay in. And in Paris, we were staying in one of these. So it was, it was a really, really nice one. Like mm. when we walked down and asked this fella, the concierge to recommend us a restaurant. He's like, what type of dining do you want? And we were like, fine dining. And he's like, is two Michelin stars okay? And I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that should be okay. Yeah, should be so he recommended, yeah, so he recommended this, this one around the corner. But I don't think I'd want to eat it every single night. No, I get you. <laughs> Whereas... New York, you get pizza, you get burger. You can go shout out to Jeff, Jeff Nathanson. Yeah, don't know if you well, listen to this from Whistle Spots. <laughs> um, his favorite place by the whistle, the whistle offices yeah. in New York is some little, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's named, it's just like a person's name. But anyway, this place, he, it's his favorite place apparently to eat. So when I was over there, 
with Whistle. He took us there and was like, you've got to get this Philly cheesesteak. And I was like, okay. So I got it and it was absolutely banging. So then when me and Katie went, I was like, you've got to get this yeah. Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> so, so then we walked all the way down to there just to go to this random little sports bar, essentially. It's like, yeah. you wouldn't think that it had really, really nice food in it, but it was absolutely unreal. So we walked down and like got the Philly cheesesteak and Katie got these like chicken things with this unreal barbecue sauce and stuff like that. Mm. Americans might be listening and thinking, yeah, it's normal food. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> but to me, that was like insane. Yeah. And then we walked over to Brooklyn and went to Juliana's. I don't know. Have you been to New York? Have you been yeah, to New I've York? Yeah, I've been to New York uh, just the once. Okay. If you ever go back, mm. there's this cool story about the best pizza place in the world. Okay. There's a lady called Juliana Grimaldi. Okay. And she had this pizza shop. Oh, I never went to it. It's meant to be absolutely insane. It was known as like the best pizza place in the world. So anyway, she gets bought out and somebody buys this pizza business offer and it's mm. called Grimaldi's mm. and kind of goes a little bit downhill. Someone's bought it just as a business to make money and stuff like that. So this lady and her husband buy the shop next door yeah, and reopen as Juliana's. So Grimaldi's is the famous pizza place in New York. It's like the best pizza place in the world that everyone's like known about for decades. Mm. But the people who actually made Grimaldi's are now the pizza place next door. Wow. It's called Juliana's. Yeah. <laughs> so now everyone goes to Juliana's instead <laughs> because she's like the original lady who owned Grimaldi's before she sold it to some businessman. So we went there and like, you have to queue up outside, like in the middle of the day. Oh, it's really? Mental is so popular. Yeah. It is it worth the, it? Oh my God. It was the best pizza <laughs> I've ever had in my life. It's insane. Like it was 1 p.m., on a weekday, everyone should be in work. We yeah. like walked over to Brooklyn to go to it, and we had to queue up outside for like half an hour or something like that to get in there. It was absolutely chocker inside. They were smashing pizzas out of this giant. Yeah, you could see the giant pizza oven thing in the back with like all of the coals and the fires in there. And you could see the fellas like throwing the pizzas in and whipping them out and all stuff like that. It was absolutely Sweet. unreal. I had to pick somewhere just to eat from. I guess New York food isn't really a thing, is it? Bagels. Bagels are pretty good. Yeah, New York gets spoken about so much on this podcast in terms of food as essentially the one city which has it all. So you're not alone in that opinion. Great yeah. choice. Have you been to the secret burger place in the uh, hotel? No. No? Okay, so you go, it's a really posh hotel, but in the lobby, there's just a massive, like, I'm talking like 30 foot tall because it's like this huge lobby and they've got like this 30 foot tall curtain that just sections off the back corner of this lobby. And if mm. you walk down the side of like the desk and to the end of this curtain, there's a little door shape hole in it. And you look inside and there's this like 60s diner style mm. American burger bar. Amazing. You don't like, you can't pay on card. You can't pre-order. You can't book a seat, anything like that. They do like three burgers, chips and a couple of drinks. And they you just go in and you tell them what you want. You can have it medium or you can have it medium. And... <laughs> He just makes you the nicest bag you've ever had in your life. And it's it's secret. I'm sure loads of people actually know where it yeah. is. It's one of them things where like you're looking about where should we eat in New York and everyone's like, go to the secret burger place. Mm. And, like, everyone from New York probably knows it's there. But like <laughs> as a tourist, I like being like, you walk into this hotel and you're like, am I in the right place? And then you see this kid and then you walk around and you're like, holy shit. And it's like, it's absolutely insane. Like that's one of the nicest burgers I've ever had. I would encourage anyone to... Go and check it out if they go to New York. It's really, really, really good. So you've got Juliana's and you've got the Secret Burger Place. Two amazing recommendations for food. It, next time anyone's in New York and say Andy sent you. 
so to bring it back to travel i was taking a look at your instagram in the prep for this and saw a lot of skiing photos yes and i didn't know that you loved skiing so i want to talk about skiing now for a little bit okay i didn't know that i loved skiing until i was like 21 oh really yeah (laughs) what made you first like skiing then so again to be like stereotypical i am from a place where stereotypically nobody knows what skiing is or nobody goes skiing and nobody cares and it's Mm. like it's a posh things do or like Mm. If you went skiing, you'd be like, ah, oh, you're proper, you're a Tory and all stuff like <laughs> yeah, this. <Or> like, yeah. <laughs> I'd never been there or done it or knew anything about it or anything like that until I went to uni. And then one of the, some of the lads that I lived with were in different degrees, posher in inverted commas than me. <laughs> so there was one lad who was like, probably, oh, gap, yeah, 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 and all stuff like that. And then there's like another lad who's just a bit more, probably more what I've started to do or become now, I guess, like mm. a little bit more. Go skiing and stuff like that, but it's like a little bit less, a little bit, bit more mixed. grounded and less like, oh, I'm a gap yard, yeah, some holiday <laughs> and, all, and all that rubbish and like proper stereotypical posh. They all loved skiing and they're all really nice as well, to be fair. I'm mostly just taking the piss out of my mates. Like <laughs> everyone's really nice, but yeah. one of them is proper, proper posh and they've all been skiing and love skiing and stuff like that. So then we'd be in our uni house and one of them would put Ski Sunday on. Hmm. If you've ever watched Ski Sunday, no, you know Ski Sunday is? No. okay. So it's like a really long running BBC program now where they follow the ski season, basically. Mm-hmm. So there's like competitive skiing, like the downhill and the slalom and all stuff like that. There's a bit of chit chat from the presenters and then they'll have like a cutaway to a segment that they've made about something. Mm. So we just used to watch that of a Sunday morning in uni, like yeah. one of the lads would get up and put skis on there and I was like, this is pretty interesting. And then they'd all be talking about when they'd gone and one of the lads has skied like since birth, basically. <laughs> since birth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally like when he was one, his parents went skiing and he was skiing there. He just strapped to the snowboard. Just chucked literally, on like you go and you see the... Have you been Have you been at all? No, I've never been skiing. That's hey, why you I go and you see like... Convince me. You see like the little French kids and they're like four months old and they like got a pair of skis on and they're between the parents' legs and the parents like skiing down holding this kid is proper mental like and then like you're I'm there being like when I first went I was like 22 or something like that like this trying to learn to ski and then some like six-year-old French kid just goes flying past me and I'm like what has got yeah they're all when you start like when you're young and you learn they're all insane at skiing yeah anyway these the lads that I used to live with they all went on the uni ski trip so our uni had like a skiing society which was mm. essentially just you sign up to go on a ski holiday yep and everyone goes on like a party holiday kind of wanted to go but i didn't want to go because everyone of my mates who was going could already ski mm. so i didn't want to get there and be like see you guys i'm going for my lesson and then just disappear yeah and like go and tr- learn to ski for like five hours a day whereas they all just did whatever they wanted i thought it'd be a bit yeah. shit, basically yeah so i was like if i'm gonna go i'll go by myself and learn to ski mm. at my own pace and like without worrying what everyone else is doing and blah 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 Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So they all went off on this uni ski trip and said it was amazing and all stuff like that. So then me and my girlfriend decided to go and booked ourselves some lessons and basically just went ourselves. We went and tried it in Manchester mm. Chill Factor, I think it's called. And you can just like book beginner lessons. So we rocked up with absolutely no idea what to do. We didn't even know how to put skis on or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And they kind of teach you on this little tiny, tiny slope to like snow plow down it and be like, oh, I'm going down the hill. <laughs> and you haven't really got a clue what you're doing. <laughs> so we wanted to do that and see what it was like first. And then we're like, okay, we could go to an actual mountain and try this. So nice. then we booked a ski holiday for the season after, mm. for the March after, and turned up and got to Les Arcs in France. Mm. And then like you get out, you're like, you're like, oh, I can kind of do it a little bit. And you're on this little mountain, this little slope <laughs> in Manchester. And then you walk out of your hotel the next day and you put your skis on and you're like, look, and you're just in the mountains and there's just mountains everywhere to ski down. And your ski instructor's like, right, we're going up this lift. And you go up the ski lift and you get to the top and you turn back around to look at you've just come up and you're like, holy fuck. <laughs> and he's like, right, we're going to ski down this. I'm like, ah. But to be fair, Manchester. I, yeah, it was mental. But it's probably my, probably my favorite thing to do. Like if you said to me, yeah, you have to give up a summer holiday or a winter holiday. I don't know how controversial it would be, but I would give up my summer holiday. That is, that is quite controversial. I don't know if it's because it's so different to what I do every day. Hmm. I work from home. I get up come to my office, be on my computer filming or editing or doing whatever all day. And then just like the polar opposite where like you're in a ski chalet if you go with all your mates mm. or you're in a hotel or whatever, if you just go with you and your girlfriend or you book into a chalet, just the two years is just a bit weird. <laughs> but because if you've got like a 14 person chalet and there's 12 yeah. people and then just you doing just like, <laughs> I guess it depends what you want to do. But we usually just go for a hotel and it's just the two of us. Mm. So I, I now go twice a year. So my favorite things like nice. in January, me and my, well, Katie, me, Katie, all my uni mates, some of their boyfriends and girlfriends and sisters and mates and whatever, book out like a chalet for like the 12 of us. So we'll go skiing in the January for New Year. And then me and Katie go skiing in March as well. Awesome. And it's honestly just like you wake up and like you have to get up early, mm. which is not my favorite thing in the world because <laughs> I can't just run my own schedule normally. Yeah. But like first lift's nine o'clock. And one of my mates is always like, first lift, first lift. And I'm like, oh my yeah. God, please stop. But you have to get up early anyway because the ski the chalet staff want to go out and do their own skiing. So mm. you have to have your breakfast eaten by like half eight so they can clear it out and get out and tidy up and go skiing themselves. Yeah. So you're up, like no staying out till like 
one o'clock in the morning drinking cocktails <laughs> in Greece and then waking up at 10, p- 10 a.m. and rolling down to breakfast. Yeah. You get to like half 10 at the night and you're like sitting around the sitting around in the chalet and they've like brought you your foods and you're just like drinking wine and like playing mm. Monopoly deal or board games or yeah, trivia yeah, yeah. or something stupid like that. And it gets to like half 10 and you're like, <laughs> I suppose because you'd be active Absolutely you'd be out all day because you've done like anyway. 10 hours of exercise exactly yeah. Yeah. and then drinking like bottles of wine and stuff and you just like so you go to bed at like 11 o'clock have the best night's sleep of your life and then like wake up at like half eight smash a full English and then just go skiing all day <laughs> it's sick and like you're just like out in the outdoors and on the mountains and it's honestly that sounds amazing. I would, I would move to France. Really? So that, that's a question I sometimes ask people because obviously you're, you're essentially your own boss. You could live yeah. wherever you want. You could pick up all your stuff you need for your job and put it in another country and you'd be good to go. Is there anywhere in the world which has tempted you to move to in the past? I, I say I'd move, yes and no. I'm quite like a bit of a home bed, I guess is mm. the mm. phrase for it, where I like the comfort or the sameness i don't know i don't yeah, know what the this... word is for it but like the familiarity of yeah. being at home and knowing where everything is and then kind of like have a week where i'll go and be like oh what am i doing like go mm. try, go somewhere and be like exploring and then, and then come back whereas when people go well i'm just one of my one of the lads i lived with in the first year uni is mental and i think he just genuinely just lives out of his backpack oh really like, all the time like for like the last five years Wow. Sent us a picture in like the WhatsApp group we've got, like of all the people that we lived with in the first year of uni. Mm. It was him stood next to a statue of Kim Jong Un. <laughs> really? And we were like, in North Korea. Sorry. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm in North Korea. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then like a couple of months later, he sent us a location thing on WhatsApp. We can like share my location. Yeah. And he was in like the middle of Siberia. And then he <laughs> wow. started send- yeah, he started sending us all these pictures where it was him and his horse. And we were like, what do you mean, you and your horse? And he was like, well, I was in Kazakhstan and I bought this horse and then just like rode, I was going to say drove my horse, rode my <laughs> horse across Eastern Europe. And mm. I'm just here. And he was like going through all the mountains and stuff. And he was like, yeah, and I just met this fellow and he was like really good at like mountaineer and stuff. So we just like trekked through this glacial park and stuff like that. And wow. I was like, you're off. He sounds like a like, good guest, could- guest of the podcast, Danny. You might have to yeah. me up. <laughs> yeah, that couldn't be me, but... I mean, it's cool when people can do that, but it's yeah. when I say, oh, I could move to France, if you're like, you would say, well, go on then, you work from home. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe. What <laughs> I'd like to do is be able to have, if I ever got, if I ever won the lottery or something like that, I guess, mm. something I would do is, would be buy a ski chalet and then mm. it's still kind of my house. And then I could yeah, be like, I'm going to go, go yeah. France for a couple of months and then you could go there, but then you still have my house in the UK to come back and be with your family and stuff like that and be like, yeah, that'd be the dream. Whether yeah. that'll actually ever happen, I'm not quite sure. Awesome. Nice. You're, yeah. you're asking the questions for me, Andy. Great question. <laughs> so let's move on now and talk about cities, a different element of travel. We spoke about New York, Amsterdam, yep. all these amazing cities so far. Where is your favorite city in the world? Amsterdam. Yep. What yep, about Amsterdam probably. do you love so much? All the drugs now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just really chilled and really nice. Maybe it is something to do with the weed. I've never mm. been there and sampled it myself, mm. but maybe that just, just make all the locals really, really chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just really nice. It's just a really nice place. The architecture is really nice and like the layout of the city is really, really nice with all of the canals and mm-hmm. everyone's just cycling everywhere and there's, you're not don't have to really too much worry about getting mowed down by a crazy cab driver in central london or something like yeah, that yeah, yeah. It, it's just really really relaxed and i guess part of that comes from the fact that i'm there as a tourist mm. i'm sure maybe not so much in london i guess like if somebody from london came to london they'd have a much different experience of it 
mm. than we do living here mm. because they don't have anything to actually worry about, I guess. Like, yep, exactly. Completely you're in your hotel and like, you wake up when you want to wake up and you, oh, what should we do today? Oh, well, I've got nothing to do. I'll just have a walk and find a coffee shop and get some yeah. breakfast and yeah. then walk around to this walk around to the National History Museum. And, oh, that was a pretty cool afternoon. Mm. Where should we go for lunch? And it's like, yeah, just yeah, proper yeah. chill. So that's kind of my experience of most cities, I guess. But Amsterdam in particular is like properly relaxed, I guess. Like, yeah. Even when you do that sort of stuff in New York, it does feel a little bit hustle and bustle. Yeah, I wonder whether it's the fact that when you're in New York, you're obviously halfway across the world. You're there for a certain amount of days. It kind of feels a little yeah, bit true. more like, whilst I'm there, let's get everything. Because when I was in New York, it was three days and we absolutely oh wow everything yeah yeah that's crazy and it was like so intense <laughs> i think we did like twenty five thousand steps a day and you haven't even touched the surface at that point so yeah, yeah maybe with amsterdam it feels like okay i can come back here if i want i can come back it's cheap flights uh euro tunnel all these other aspects good choice yeah. though have you okay here's another one yeah. for you i'm just apparently obsessed with food when we go places there's a place yeah, called I love in amsterdam. About food. there's two so there's the the food hauling it's mm. probably not how you actually pronounce it in Dutch, but it's like it's like Borough Market, basically. Yep. Amsterdam's version of that. You get every type of food you can get there. Mm. The hot dogs they had there were absolutely banging. They've got like really nice cocktail bars and like this marketplace. So, so good. That's really, really nice. And then there's this restaurant where you go into it and it is essentially a fishmonger's at the start. Mm. So you go in the door and there is literally a fish counter. And step one of the restaurant, you go to this fish counter and tell them exactly what you want to have whilst you're there. Nice. And you, you buy it off them, essentially. So mm. when, like, if you went into the Asda and was like, I want that bit of salmon, mm. which like, gets the brown paper out and puts the salmon in it and, yeah. it up and gives it to you. It's like that. But they wrap it up, weigh it all, tell you how much it's going to cost, and then send it to the kitchen. Wow. And then you go and sit down. And it's kind of like a communal kind of thing. Yeah. Where you can just, like, walk up to the bar and get some beers and stuff like that. And it's, like, loads of tables just out for people to sit on. And then the kitchen's over in the back and they'll bring out the fish that you've just picked mm. all cooked and prepared properly however you want it mm. and just bring it out to you 100% fresh oh, that's amazing. right there it's really really cool I can't remember what it's called but I'm sure if you like creatively googled it or like yeah. had a surgery you'd be able to find it like the food in there was absolutely unreal like the stuff that they do with all of the different they had like, every type of fish you could think of in the bloody world it was mental like all the different ways that you could cook it and that was so 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 good Amsterdam's food's really good and just the culture is really nice. Yeah. So you said about the fact that you went to Amsterdam with uh, several YouTubers. And I wanted to ask you now, if I gave you an unlimited budget, you could go anywhere in the world and with any YouTuber in the world, where would you go and who would you take with you? Oh, wow. Okay. Where would I go? Who would I take? Does my girlfriend count because she edits some of my videos? <laughs> I'm going to say no, because I, <laughs> no, okay. I want you to say a big name YouTuber. I would go to Yosemite. Where's that? Uh, California, oh, okay. Yosemite National Park. And who would you take with you? If I had to pick somebody I know, I would take James, one of my mates who mm. started the YouTube channel. Yeah. Because I want to go. I want to go there to go climbing. Oh, okay, nice. So we've been like climbing together just over in the UK, just to like climbing gyms and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if I could pick any person in the whole world, I don't know if he's got a YouTube channel. I can't remember what it's called. Do you know Alex Honnold, the guy who climbed? Doesn't why is my brain? doesn't ring about why is my brain going so blank when I'm telling you all of these cool stories. <laughs> uh, we've seen Free Solo. Free Solo is what it's called. And he climbed El Cap, El Capitan in Yosemite. Oh, okay. If you haven't seen it, you really need to watch it. It's absolutely mental. He climbed it. I'll it's it like 3,000 foot or something mental like that. And he climbs without ropes. 
<laughs> just with his hands and feet. Yeah, <laughs> whacks his rock climbing shoes on and climbs it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely mental. <laughs> so then there's his mate who I've watched some of her documentaries and stuff about um, called Tommy Caldwell. He's really, really cool. He'd be so insane mm. to get on this thing. I mean, he's like mega famous. So put him on like your dream guest list, but he'd be yep. so, so cool. Like nice. when you watch documentaries about him, there's a get the girl who climbs for Great Britain. It's called mm. Shona Coxie. I don't, know if she, I don't know if any of them have got YouTube channels, but I'd pick one of them people if I could like have a dream nice. person to take me rock climbing and go with one of them and go on like, probably better going with Alex or Tommy because they actually live there. Yeah. It's like when you watch the documentaries or like the, the shows about them and stuff like that, they actually have like a cabin, I guess, but it's their house in oh, the wow. valley. And that's where they live. And like, they just get up, just go trekking or go rock climbing or go. So I'd probably sound quite outdoorsy, but in like a very... Always come back to, yeah, yeah. Always come back to like my house, but then I'll be like, love to go on like excursions kind of thing. Mm. Whereas they like live in Yosemite and like he gets up every day. And if I could, I don't know if they've got a YouTube channel, so I don't know if that's cheating a little bit, but (laughs) that would be a dream destination or like a bucket list place to go. As mental as America is, I'd quite like to go back to. I don't really like LA, you know. You know, I don't really like LA. Nah, if you like a place you wouldn't want to go back to, yeah, would that be yours? I don't know. I, I want to try give it another go and try it again and not do it with EA because knowing from like going to Berlin and different parts of Germany and stuff like that, it, you don't get the proper experience when you're mm. like there on like a work strip or whatever. But I don't really get it. Like you're walking down, everyone like buzzes off Hollywood Boulevard and stuff like that and all the mm. stars on there. And there's, there's literally an actual human shit just in on the pavement <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> it's just like... That's it's, the bit they don't show you. Yeah, it's just a bit of a dump, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there is lovely parts of it, but like we went to see Rodeo Drive and stuff and yeah, it's nice and whatever. And there's like people mm. driving past in McLarens and stuff from the hills and Lambos. I don't know. It's, it all just seems a bit false to me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Joe, Joe Tomlinson spoke about LA in his episode and kind of said that there were two sides to it. There was like this extreme homelessness and poverty, and then you yeah. get the the wealth of Beverly Hills. So it was kind of you could go and appreciate the niceties, but in the back of your mind, you've always got homeless people on the streets, all these different elements, which kind of made it a difficult city to enjoy properly. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a bit. Maybe it's the you get given this pre. Mm, you go there with an idea in your mind. Yeah, you go with yeah. an idea of what it's going to be like, and it's not actually like that, and it's a little bit of a letdown. But maybe I should give it another go and like go to the beach and see that part of it and stuff like that. And like everyone says, going up, hiking up to the observatory and stuff like that's meant to be absolutely amazing. Yeah. But I would like to go to San Francisco and then like drive down through Yosemite and like see Vegas. Although I'm mm. sure that's kind mm. of much of the same. Where it's like you go there once and be like, yeah, it's a bit of shit all. And then yeah. if you've not, go there, have you been to Vegas? Nah. Oh, if you've not been, you have to go. It's one of those places where it's like there's nowhere like it in the entire world. And that, when you yeah. when you go, you'll just be blown away. Okay. It's an amazing place. In my place head, it was a bit like go. LA, where like everyone says it's amazing, but actually they're all just smashed off their face and it's kind of a bit tacky. It's it is a bit tacky. There's yeah. definitely tacky elements to it, but it's one of those places where you step foot in it and instantly it's like an eye opener. It's okay. There's nowhere in the world that's as bright, as loud, as 24 hours. You could go into a bar and get yourself a drink at any time during the day, any food you want, any time during the day. Like in the casinos in um, Vegas, there are no windows because they yeah, want to give so you the illusion that there's is, no so time. On gambling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, it, you do not know what time it is. It's Yeah, it's like nowhere else in the world. I do. I really, really want to go just mm. to experience it once. I don't know if it'd mm. be my and my preconceived idea of what it is. Is it a little bit tacky yeah. and everything? Yeah, else. yeah, yeah. But I do want to try it once. So I would like to go, like, go to San Francisco, 
drive down through California and through Yosemite and stay there for a little bit and then drive to Vegas. Yeah. The drive from LA to Vegas is meant to be sick, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if you did that when you was there. I didn't, I didn't really know. We flew straight in. Yeah, that's yeah. meant to be really, really cool. Nice, man. So to take it back to cities, you obviously spoke about living in London and the fact that you can't really fully appreciate it because it is home and it's not a place which you go for a holiday destination. But you yeah. moved from Liverpool down to London. Mm-hmm. So you've got this kind of tourist element to the fact that you live in London yeah. to an extent. What is your favourite thing about living in London? The West End. Hmm. That's the thing that I'm going to miss the most when I move back is the fact that you can't do it at the moment, but you can say, should we go for a meal and go to see a show? Mm. You could just book one and just go. And yeah. like, they're just all there. And it's like every single one you can think of, all of the... Like if, you, if you're in Liverpool and you want to go and see Hamilton or something like that, mm. or you want to go and see the Book of Mormon, you have to wait till it goes on. You can go to London, obviously, to see it. But you have to wait till it goes on tour. And it's like it'll be in your city for a couple of weeks and you can book a ticket to go and see it and then it'll go to Manchester and it'll go to Newcastle and Leeds and it goes on tour. Mm. In London, you're just like, let's go see that. Yeah, whenever you and want. Like even, yeah, there's even like the websites where it has the spare tickets. It's like, I we've come down to London before and done stuff like that when I lived in Liverpool before I moved to London. And I'm sure once I move back, we'll do that every now and again. Like every couple of months, come down, like book a hotel, mm. go and see a show, go to one of our favorite restaurants from down here and stuff like that. But even like when I moved down with the lads and then Katie would come down to visit because she still lived in Liverpool, she could come down for the weekend and we'd be like, what you want to do? I don't really know. She'd go on a website and it's like, oh, tickets to see Matilda for 20 quid because the show is tomorrow and they've there's loads of seats left. Do you want to go? And you're like, yeah, all right, let's go. And then you just like go and book a rest, go to a restaurant around the corner. Yeah. Go and see Matilda. I went in being like, geez, I don't know what this is going to be. It was, it was actually so, so good. Like, <laughs> again, I'm like the least, started off as like the least stereotypical want to go to the theater person. When I was like 18, 19, whatever, if Katie went to me trying to go to the theater, I'd be like, proper shite. No, why would I want to go and see that? But the thing that got me to go and see it was the Book of Mormon. Yeah, the Book of so Mormon is brilliant, isn't it? Have you seen it? Yeah. 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 So good. I saw it last year. Incredible. If anyone's listening and is like I was, where you think the theater is just a bit shit Mm. and like, why was he going to see that? And it's like for old women or like a bit cringe and whatever. Mm. It like is the complete opposite. It's so, so good. Like, but the Book of Mormon is the one to go and see to break that idea you've got of it because. It's Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the people who wrote South Park. It's, and it's so funny, isn't it? So funny. So obviously you mentioned the fact that originally you were from Liverpool, moved down to London, and now you're moving back up to Liverpool in the future. Yes. I'm going to ask you a controversial question. Go on. Which is the better city? York, option number three. Yeah. I went to uni in York. It's okay. really, really nice. But if I had to push um, you for London or Liverpool? It's a hard on it because all my family's in Liverpool. Mm. If you move my family to London, would I say London instead? Mm. I don't think so, you know. It, again, if I had all the money in the world, I would have a house in Liverpool, my ski chalet in yeah, Valdez, yeah. like I said, and a apartment in central London. Mm. So then I could come to London and just get the train and it only takes a couple hours and... Mm. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm getting the train and I've got to catch the train at 10 o'clock to get, or the eight o'clock train to get back to Liverpool and drive yeah. back home. Just got my flat in London. I just yeah, go and yeah, yeah. sleep there for a couple of days or like get the train down on a Friday, spend the weekend in London, get the train back up on Sunday evening or something like that. That's mm. the, I'm a bajillionaire dream. Yeah. <laughs> but if you, if I had to just pick one, I'd probably pick Liverpool, you know? Would you? Yeah. Not, not even just because I'm biased. Like if you said, if you can move your family to anywhere, where would you live in the UK? Off my current knowledge, I'd probably pick York. Okay, cool. Um, so York, York's an amazing place in the UK and yeah. like people absolutely love it. It's somewhere which I've got on my UK bucket list to go and visit. What's so special about York? It's quite a historical place. The city centre inside the walls is really, really cool. Mm. So it's an everything city, really. So it's Roman is probably the most 
influential one on it mm. in terms of like the walls and the streets and stuff like that. But when you go to York Minster, which is like, it's the biggest cathedral in Europe. It's a fact for you. That's a good I fact. didn't know that when I was there, but it's absolutely massive. You can see it from everywhere in the city, basically. You can go into the, you go on like a little tour where you go down into the cellars, I guess, or the dungeons or whatever you want to call mm. it. And you can see the different levels of where it's been built upon. So you can see the current foundations of the current minster that was built in like, I'm making up, but like say in 1700 or something like that, yeah. they built what's currently there. But then you can go down and see the foundations before that from the Roman one that was built in like zero BC or wow. zero AD or like 200 AD or whatever, when they built a church there. Mm. And you can go back further again where you can see the ones where the Vikings built a church there when they invaded. And you can like go back and see all the different, like as you're going down the stairs, you can see all the different foundations. Like it's like kind of like a museum. They've like pointed out to you and you can like see mm. that they're like, this is the foundation from when the Romans built it. This is the foundations from when this person built it and this person built it. And like you can go back and it went turned from like a little church into this massive minster. So there's like loads of history there. And like it used to be the capital of England, didn't it? Mm. So there's like, it's just like so much history there. And like, it's such a nice, it's got the classic suburban sprawl as every city does. Mm. But in the center, whilst it still does have like a modern high street and stuff like that, there's like little roads that are like unchanged for like hundreds of years so the again google type in york the shambles yeah it looks like diagonally from harry potter yeah that's amazing the houses just of, leaning like, inwards it literally does just look like when you type in on google it looks exactly like that yeah and there's loads of little shops in there and little coffee shops and there's little pubs in these like old thatched roof buildings that are like leaning inside it's just so like quaint yeah. i guess it's really, really cool. I really like York. We've learned that you absolutely love Amsterdam. We've learned that you love New York, London, Liverpool, and now York too. So where in the world is your favorite country? Country? Wow. Greece. Easy. Okay, nice. Very so easy you, went, you said you went yeah. to Santorini. Um, yes. How was that trip? Good. We kind of picked. We didn't go on holiday this summer, obviously, uh, <laughs> but have been kind of picking a different Greek island and going mm. on holiday to it each Summer. So I've been to Mykonos, Santorini, mm. and Rhodes so far. Where, where's the best one? To. I suppose they kind of offer all different things, surely. Somewhat, yeah. Kind of, I guess it depends where you go. So if you went to Zanti, you could go to a nice little village and mm. just like walk into town and go to all the nice little restaurants and just chill by the pool and day. Mm. Or you could go to Lagunas, is that what it's called? Yep, I can't yep. remember. That's the, I've just finished college. <laughs> let's go get smashed that's in Zanti. Yeah. <laughs> so it depends where you go but it can be much much of the same the nicest hotel that we stayed in was in santorini okay but cool. i think the nicest town was mykonos town mm. swings around so yes they're both very very nice santorini is absolutely ridiculously expensive it is so stupid it's the i have too much money place to go essentially mm. if you get a taxi for four minutes it costs you 20 euros <laughs> stuff like that it's mental <laughs> yeah but it's really, really nice. And we wanted to go there just to try it out, I guess, and exactly. see what it's like. It was really good. And again, the food's really, really, really nice. I'd probably, if you had to maybe pick one to go back to, I'd probably go back to Mykonos. Okay, nice. So Santorini's kind of a bucket list European destinations. People describe it as the yeah. most beautiful place in Europe um, at times. How does it compare in terms of its beauty different areas that you've been to it is cool it is very nice so we went on a boat trip the really famous town in santorini is called oya mm. and it's the one where you see pictures on the cliff and all the buildings are painted different colors mm. and it's like the classic instagram picture yeah. to stand on one of the streets and get your picture took with all the different color buildings behind you and stuff like that we went on a boat trip where 
you're on a boat and you go, it's, there's a, vac- a volcano. So there's like, it's like, a, I think Santorini is a, a originally volcanic island. Mm. So do you know how when a volcano erupts and you get like the circular atolls, yeah. basically? It's one of them. And there's a little bit still left of like the volcanic rock. So we went on like a boat trip and you can go and see the this craze. The beaches, the sand's black at the beach. Wow. At one of the beaches because of the volcanic, it's volcanic sand. So that was really, really cool. But we went on a boat trip and you can go like see the volcano and go snorkeling out in the sea and stuff like that. And then the boat trip ends at Oya. So you like you sail up to this cliff that has got all of the buildings and it's really, really cool to see. It's very, very nice. I haven't been controversial and say I think Mykonos is nicer. Really? Yeah, just the town itself and like the windmills on the hill and like it's on like a bay and you can like walk around the bay and like the whole town's like spread out across the front of the bay and the windmills are up on the hill behind it. It's really, really cool. But they're both very nice. It's hard to pick. Awesome. You've described them really well too. So I ask everyone this question on the podcast and it sometimes evokes a deep response. So is there a holiday when you think back to it that means the most to you? I wouldn't call it a holiday, but Hmm. going to Uganda is an experience. Hmm. It's probably the best, an experience is probably the best way to put it. Yeah, I thought you might mention Uganda. So to give people some context, you went there for your 1 million subscriber documentary, which you filmed to make sure you cemented and celebrated that landmark. So what was it that made you choose to partner up with Tackle Africa and make that documentary? So they do a thing called football marathons every year. And they use it as a way to raise money for the work that they do. And essentially what it is, is a marathon five-a-side tournament. People create a team and get sponsored like you do with every charity event sort of thing, where like if you run the marathon, well, you sponsor me 20 quid, that sort mm. of thing. And they cr- take part in this football tournament. And these are different ones around the country. There's like a London one each year, a Brighton one, et cetera, et cetera. And you get points for the football but you also get points for the amount of money you raise, I think, as well. Hmm. So like as a charity incentive for it. Or you at least get preferential seeding or something like that. And I really need to play in one, actually. I've always, I'm always doing something. They're like, do you want to make a team? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like start yeah. to organize. And I'm always busy and doing something in the summer. They just they decided to try and tackle the online space, I hmm. guess. They do real-life football marathons. What about if we did a charity FIFA marathon? So they got in touch with me. And it was with it was through an agency where I'd worked with and done a few different brand deals and stuff like that. And the CEO of this agency was the brother-in-law of one of the people who worked for Tackle Africa, something like that mm-hmm. anyway. But they got in touch and was like, would you like to try and do something with us? So I was like, sounds like a pretty good cause. Went out and went for breakfast with them and met them and they told me all about it and stuff like that. And then they were like, would you like to go to Uganda? <laughs> and I was like, maybe, maybe I'll think about it. <laughs> so then we start planning through this live stream, what we're going to do. And we ended up like doing it for him. YouTube studios and it's really good. You raised like 10 grand. And then I did another one about six or seven months ago now and raised like another like 14 grand for them or something like wow. that with like a Twitch stream and stuff. So we've, we've done well for them and raised them like some good money and had some good charity stuff. But part of it, these saying like, like we were always going to do that anyway. Like that's just a kind of standard thing, I guess, to do. Mm. But they said, would you like to go to Uganda and see what we actually do? And like I said, I'm a bit, as much as I like to go and be like outdoorsy and exploring and like go skiing and go on do these sort of things like we've been to Mexico and we've been to like Machu Picchu and like done all the traditional touristy stuff there not Machu Picchu I really want to go to Machu Picchu too Chichen Itza Chichen Itza yeah 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 we've been to Chichen Itza and Cobra and stuff like that saying do you want to come to Uganda is a little bit like outside of my comfort zone I guess yeah isn't it the deep end isn't it yeah it's like a bit of a culture shock and even like when I went to Egypt that even though that was very touristy that was a, a culture shock is kind of the best way I guess to describe it mm. kind of like if somebody who wasn't used to live in a city 
came to London, they'd be like overwhelmed with all of mm, the mm. stuff that's going on. All the people's cramming onto the tube are like getting lost in the undergrounds. Whereas when you're used to it, you're like, why are you bothered by like, it's just completely yeah. normal. Like, what are you doing? Like, let's just go and do it. So it's kind of like that. And I expected a similar sort of thing when I got to Uganda of being like, what, this is mental. Like what's going on? And to be fair, it was like, Every once I settled in, like everyone there is so, 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 so nice. So that was a to take it all the way back to them saying, Would you like to come to Uganda? The more I thought on it, I was like, If I'm going to do it, we need to do this properly. And then I had the idea of everyone does something for the hitting 1 million subscribers. It's usually a bit stupid. It's like, draw my life or ask me a question, guys. Yeah. Thanks for a million subscribers. It's just a bit <laughs> shit in it. Like, I wanted to do something that was actually meaningful. So then I thought, let's tie it together and we'll make this documentary and give this charity some exposure about. Mm all of the work that they're doing. And that can be my 1 million subscriber special. So anyway, I was in Whistle Sports again, office in London and Matt randomly popped into the office and Matt's a cameraman. So I randomly go to Matt, do you want to come to Uganda, Matt? I need a cameraman. And he's like, yeah, right. You won't like, say no to anything, will he? He's very yeah, like adventurous so, as a person. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't expecting to say yes straight away. <laughs> I was expecting me to ask him and then me to text him like a few days later to see like, so this is what we're going to do. What do you think? And I was like, do you want to go to Uganda? He's like, when is it? I was like, a couple of months. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so so yeah, me and Matt go to Uganda, fly across there. Yes, went via, you have to go via, used to be able to fly direct actually, but British Airways cancelled the flights, the bastards. So we had to fly <laughs> to Dubai or Abu Dhabi. I can't remember which one. It's one of the ones in the UAE and then mm. fly down to Uganda on like a connecting flight and then got off the plane, got met at the airport by one of the guys from Tackle Africa. And it, the first place he took us to was to this slum, essentially in Kampala, mm. which is the capital of Uganda. And one of the people who is now a coach from like one of the head coaches in Tackle Africa, Pius is originally from there. I think he might actually still live there. And he's like, he initially started off as being in one of their programs and then wow. worked his way up to being like a coach. And he's like now one of the head coaches in Kampala for the stuff that they're running. So we met Pius and he took us around and showed us around and showed us all the people and stuff like that. Everyone there is really, really nice. Yeah. But like when you've just stepped off a plane from Abu Dhabi International Airport and there's like a frigging shop for Burberry and <laughs> yeah. all these restaurants and everyone's just sitting there in the holiday clothes, drinking Starbucks and stuff like that. And then you get off the plane and you go straight to kids just running through streets made of like tin buildings and there's mm. like actual people like waste sh literally shit just like running through the streets yeah. and stuff yeah. like that it's like is that the biggest culture shock you've ever experienced in your life probably yeah. yeah it was like it was so weird though because it was everyone was so nice and so happy mm. and just so friendly and just okay with it whereas so whilst for me it was like the most eye-opening experience i guess because whilst for me me seeing that is like whoa what the fuck like why are these people living like this and like to me that is so like completely different and mm. like i could never even imagine it they were absolutely fine and they were like not they weren't absolutely fine obviously that's wrong to say and like that's the whole point of the charity but they were completely happy and okay mm. with it and mm. like they were so friendly and so nice and it didn't seem to bother them at all. And I was just like, it makes you appreciate that whilst you mightn't have everything that you want and you mightn't be super rich or be able to drive around the Ferraris or go on private jets or live in a super big house and all stuff like that, it doesn't actually really matter. Mm. And whilst everyone should have access to like basic human rights, essentially, mm. and like... Amenities. Yeah, exactly. And... That is the point of what Tackle Africa are doing and teaching them about like HIV prevention and like when you see the other charities like with access to clean water and like education and everyone should have access to that stuff. Beyond that, it doesn't really actually matter. Mm. They were still really nice and really friendly and you'd expect them mm. like when they look at you to see this person who is like so privileged essentially mm. when they aren't and to hate you. But they just, everyone was just super, super nice and was just yeah. 
really friendly and it's just like everyone's just people essentially is the best way to put it like everyone's the same and everyone's just a person it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from amazing everyone was so 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 nice but it was so completely different to what i was used to but then once you kind of get used to it a little bit it's like i mean i'm still not going to eat i can't remember it's got this kebab thing that you could get off the corner of the street from some fella standing there with like a big bit of meat hanging down yeah. like the guy who matt from not matt connell matt from tackle africa was like oh I'm starving i'll get one of them and it's like 10 p it's like some fella's just got like a joint of beef just hanging from the some little food stall in the 40 degree ugandan yeah. sun and he just like slices them off and whips you up this kebab and like gives you and i was like if i got that i'd probably have the shits but matt's yeah. used to it and like he just yeah. in fact matt connell literally did sorry matt for putting this nah. out to everyone we woke up one day he's honest to god you said he's so adventurous he's an absolute nightmare like he didn't have any sunscreen <laughs> he forgot his vaccination card thing because you have to get vaccinated oh, really? for i think it's yellow fever to be mm. able to go to uganda and you're not allowed in the country without having this vaccine and matt forgot you see you have to go and get it like you just go to like a, a travel place in london has got like someone there who can do it and like yeah. you get a card to say like i've got the yellow fever vaccine or whatever and then when you get to uganda like you show them your passport and you show them your cards to say i've been vaccinated and they let you in matt forgot that obviously <laughs> as well as his sun cream and as well as anything useful apart from like two pairs of boxes and a pair of shirts and then all this camera equipment yeah so the first bit of drama we had was we got to the airport so when you go to like a little greek island and the airport is literally just a building with like a massive mm -hmm. strip of runway at the back it was like that and then in the corner it was like a, i'd say there's a desk like as if you were in an airport and you walk up to the desk and you're like hi can i sort no it was like a table out of a school like just plumped <laughs> in the corner with a guy sat on a plastic chair and if you didn't have your vaccination already you had to go to this fella and he'd give you it oh, and wow. i'm sure it's absolutely fine but like you had to go and pay him like 50 quid or whatever and oh, yeah. this guy give you the vaccine and matt's there like arguing with them being like no i have already had it i don't need another one i don't need to pay this guy i don't need to go and sit in that little mm. plastic chair and get it and like like you wouldn't imagine going to an First of all, going to an airport and then getting a vaccine there. Anyway. And if you did, you'd imagine like going into a little back room and there'd be like a, a doctor's office there. Yeah, of and course, like, yeah. That's some fella just sat at like a, a school table from like year three on a little plastic seat, just like whipping needles out, giving people vaccines. But in the end, we had to like, we were just chatting to the border security and stuff like that. And the guy from Tackle Africa came over and was telling them about what it was. And I think in the end, he was like, I have got it. I can get my roommate to send you a picture of the thing if you want and in the end i think the guard was basically like well it doesn't affect us you're the one who's going to die if you yeah, get it exactly. so if you've got yeah. the vaccine and you know you have go if you want but it's on you you yeah. should probably go over there and he was like no honestly i've got it we'll go so that was a good start and then mm. we went and did some film or whatever and matt wakes up the next day with sunburn because he didn't put any sun lotion on so then i had to go and get my sun lotion for him for the next few days and he wakes up the next day with the shits so i don't know what we did <laughs> he's been through <laughs> the wars he is having a nightmare whether he drank some of the drank some water, like filled his water up in the night, and you weren't meant to drink the mm. water out the tap or something like that. I'm not really sure. I was like, oh, have you got any emodium or any of this stuff? <laughs> yeah. And like to be fair to him, I, if I was going myself, I would be this horrifically unorganized though. But luckily Katie had like sorted yeah. out you need That's to make sure you take this and you need to take this and you need to and I had a little bag of all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So then he was like, No, I've got a spare pair of boxes. I was like, here you go. <laughs> take some of that and I like, gave him like some Dior light and stuff and then off we went and went another day of filming. I had a really fun experience where obviously my phone didn't work because we were in mm. Africa. I could text, but it cost me like a quid to send yeah. a text and the signal was terrible. So anyway, Matt from Tackle Africa takes us out for a meal. And this was in like the last day. So at this point, I was kind of getting an idea of where my hotel was, where we were meeting and where the schools were, where the restaurants were, where the city centre was and all this sort of stuff. Mm. We 
went for dinner with went for tea with matt me and matt went for dinner with matt very confusing <laughs> and we come out to this restaurant and they have things called bodders okay. and a bodder is just a fella on a bike you go it's, it's a taxi but it's a motorbike taxi okay and just jump on the back tell them where you want to go and he just whizzes off through traffic, probably going to get you killed. Like the traffic <laughs> there is absolutely chaos. Oh, really? Like, do you know when you see pictures of like, or like videos of like 47 ju- lanes yeah, or roads all coming to crossing. one junction and all the cars are going like, like you see it like in India or something like that, yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. like New Delhi or something and all, all over. The, it's like that. And then you've got these people on motorbikes, like whizzing through all of them to get you where you want to go. Jeez. And you've got like, the women won't sit on the bikes properly. Because they'd have to like swing the leg over it. I don't know why. It's more, mm. it's like more ladylike to perch on the back like that. So the oh, yeah. bike's going that way, and they've got both of their legs oh, on one God. side of the bike, and they're just sat there like that. And this fella's just flying through traffic, and this woman's just sat on the back of the bike. Wow, it's absolutely mental. Brilliant. Matt obviously tackle Africa. Matt uses them because he's lived there for years. Guys, he'd get us a normal taxi. It'd just take us a bit longer. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we come out of this restaurant. Matt jumps on a bother and. Hails us, uses, hails us a taxi, does whatever he does, gets the restaurant guy to get us a taxi and tells him where we need to go. So at this point, I knew the way from this area with the restaurants and stuff to our hotel. Mm. It wasn't very long. It was like a couple of minute drive. Probably could have walked in like 25 minutes, something like that. Mm. Maybe getting a taxi. And the guy goes completely the wrong way. So me and Matt Connell are sat in this car. And we're like, okay, where are we going? And we were, looking, like, we were going the wrong way for a little bit and we were like, what is going on? Is he just trying to fleece us basically to get us to pay him mm. loads of extra money by going completely the wrong way and being like, oh, it's double the price of me? Like, oh, what? It costs nothing. Like, mm. give me, I wouldn't actually be bothered. But anyway, we're going and we're going and we're going. And then we pull up at a red light and I'm thinking to myself, should we just get out? Like, what is going on? This is really, really weird. Like, we're going completely the wrong direction. And he's like, I think he must have noticed that we were a bit like, what the fuck's mm, going on? Yeah. Because he said to us, oh, road is closed. Or something. Like, he couldn't, some people in Uganda can speak like really, really good English. This guy couldn't. Well, to be fair, most people in Uganda can speak really, really good English. I think it's one of the main languages. But this guy's English wasn't like super, super good. So he just, he was talking on his phone the whole time. I don't know if it's illegal to be on your phone there. I don't really think he cared, but he was driving around anyway, like speaking. And he got a, going completely the wrong way. And me and Matt are a bit like, Matt was in the front seat and I was in the back behind the driver. And I'm like that. And I think he got, must have realized Matt was looking back to me, like being like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, yeah. So he just stops being on the phone. He's like, road is closed or something like that. Or like closed road or like a couple of words in English. And we're like, what the fuck? Yeah. At this point, it's like 11 p.m. or something like that. So we stop at this light and he's like still on his phone. And I'm looking at myself, looking at Matt thinking, should we just get out? <laughs> but like all Matt's camera equipment's like on the yeah. seat next to me in the back. And I can't just jump out the car. Well, I can't just give the guy some money. Like, we'll just get out here because I kind of still knew where we were. I just knew we were yeah. completely the wrong way because I can't get out quick enough <laughs> and grab all of Matt's stuff <laughs> yeah. and Matt grab his stuff. And like, it was a bit like, what is going on? So anyway, he carries on driving for a little bit. And then we turned down some little street that was pitch black. Like there was no street lights, nothing. Drive. It was like just a little bit wider than the car. Mm. And we're like bouncing down this road that isn't actually a road. And I'm sitting there like thinking, what the fuck is happening? Like yeah. every single thing you can possibly think of mm. is going through your head. Like when you're in the middle of Africa and like, I text Matt being like, are we going, have you told us the right place? But my, my phone wouldn't go through to text oh, him where no. we're going and stuff like this. Yeah. So it turns out as with like, I'm sure 99.99999% of these things, people are just quite nice. And like people are just normal. Yeah. And maybe it was just, couldn't speak very good English or was just on the phone or a bit social awkward or whatever. And he didn't explain it properly to us the fact when we got in the car being like, I need to go this way because the road's closed or whatever. Turns out it was. And all he'd done, like we were here and needed to get to here. 
Yeah. And he drove us on like some mad main roads <laughs> all the way down here. Yeah. And he cut through this rickety back street where there was no lights or anything like that because the main road was actually closed in the direction we needed to go. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for that, like, it probably was only like a few minutes, but for that, like, what felt like five, 10, 15 minutes sitting in this car, like bumping down this road, <laughs> thinking like, we've got like 15 grand's worth of camera equipment in the back seat. And we're just in this, like, I don't know what's going on, but like everything goes through your head. And then at the end, we pull out onto the main road and you could just see our hotel. And I was like, oh, thank fucking God. Well, thank God. I'm sure there's, there's that probably, like most people, 99.99% of people are really, really nice. But then mm. when you're like sat there, 12, 14 hours, whatever it took us across the world, in the middle of Uganda, your phone doesn't work, and you've got all this like everything just goes everything, through everything, yeah, 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 through your mind. Like, I'm about to that. kidnapped, what's going happen? Do they just want to steal Matt's camera equipment? Is he yeah. like ringing someone to come and rob us that he's yeah. been speaking to, or is this gonna happen? Is it, but nah, we were just all good, all good, bricking ourselves for no reason. <laughs> the road was actually just closed, but that was an interesting experience, yeah, sounds it. So, I want to finish us off by talking about your dream bucket list destination. So okay. once COVID disappears and we can travel again a bit more normally, where's the first place you're going to go? The first place I'm actually going to go at this rate is probably going to be skiing. Yep. Um, just because of the timing of when people are probably, the world will start probably opening back up and vaccine. Like Boris said the other day, didn't he? Well, people are listening to it in the future, so they're going to have a better idea yeah, of us. Yeah, yeah, they'll know more than we do. Yeah, we've just gone into lockdown free and the vaccine, the vaccines just started rolling out and stuff. And Boris mm. like, if the wind is in our sails and it all goes to plan, we'll have everyone in the troubled groups or the over 80s or the vulnerable groups mm. all vaccinated by mid-February. And it's like, okay, Boris, mate, I'm sure you're <laughs> But by the time this comes out, people will know whether that's true or not. Yeah. Following that, it's meant to be September, October, November, where most people will be vaccinated. It's like mm. people like us, where... We're young, work from yep. home, don't really have anything wrong with us. Mm. Screw you, you can have it last, basically, because it doesn't actually matter. Yep. We'll start to get it about then. So then January skiing is probably when they actually next go away. Unless before that, the world starts to open up and like book a late trip to Greece or something like that. Mm. In terms of like being realistic where we'd go, it's probably there. If you said pick infinite amount of money, but the only thing you can spend it on is one trip, what would you do? There's a few places that I'd like to go to. I want to go to, so I said it before, Machu Picchu. Mm. I want to go to Yosemite. I said that before as well. I'd really like to go to the Maldives Yep. in one of them sea villa things where like you float, you're built on the stilts out in the sea. They're absolutely yeah. sick. I'd love Do you to think go to you'd be them. able to relax though? Because obviously that's a completely tranquil escape and everything you've described so far has been so adventurous and chaotic. Yeah. So like I said at the start, like as much as I love being like outdoorsy and going and doing stuff and stuff, I'm kind of lazy as well. So like <laughs> when we go to, so we go, we usually have a couple of, go skiing a couple of times, once with our unimates and once ourselves. And then we try to go, away in the summer as well and that is just like go to Santorini and just like have a nice hotel and just sit mm. by the pool and then other nights you can go out into the local town or village and go out for your tea and go for a few drinks and then come back and do the same thing the next day and do that for yep. a week that's one of them so then I'd love to do that we don't get to go the last time I went away for two weeks was Mexico when I was like 20 because it's just too much of a hassle mm. with youtube to try and make two weeks worth of content to go away yeah 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 so then but then if you were offering me like infinite money to go and yeah go imagine that's just, not an issue where in the world yeah could you go? like screw my channel i'm going to the maldives <laughs> for two weeks yeah yeah probably or nice. new zealand nice yeah new zealand gets talked about both. a lot yeah go skiing and go to the beach that's a dream <laughs> so that's, the, that's the dream <laughs> now i'd like to go to new zealand i'd like to go to australia as well but it's fucking miles away yeah yeah one day one day you'll go one i'm sure day. 
Yeah. Thank you so much, Andy. That's been an amazing episode and I'm sure people are going to absolutely love it. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day off as well. I really appreciate it. No, it's good for me. To, I hope it's good. Yeah. I feel like I've just talked an absolute load of rubbish, but no, hopefully people find it good to listen to. So there we go. That was episode 22 with Andy Castell. It was absolutely brilliant. So nice to catch up with Andy because I haven't spoken to him in quite a long time and great to hear all of his travel stories too. Like I said at the start, if you haven't clicked subscribe on Travel Talks yet, please do. Wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, every single podcast platform, you can click subscribe. And if you're feeling extra generous, it really would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We've had 55 reviews now, which is amazing. And every single time someone leaves a review, we read them and it really does mean a lot to us. So if you have a spare couple of minutes and you've got nothing to do in lockdown, which let's be honest, is pretty much every single one of us, please could you go over and leave us a five-star review. Thank you very much. I'll stop asking soon, I promise. And finally, just a note to say that Saunders and I will be back next Monday with another episode where we're discussing our worst ever hotel experiences and we're going on a hunt to find the worst hotel in the entire world, which is a big, big title. Thank you as always for listening and we'll be back next Monday. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.